podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you haven't played Paddy Power Fantasy yet, you're missing out. But on the upside, if you haven't played it yet, you qualify for a risk-free first go. Get up to £20 back as cash when you play Paddy Power Fantasy. And because every NFL game day is a season in itself, you don't have to wait to find out if you've won. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. New customer offer. Min £5, max £20 refund. T's and C's apply. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. 18 plus, begumbleware.org. Mary Lowe, welcome to ESPN HQ. It's a pleasure to be here. It's like stepping into paradise almost. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. You know when you dream of something, I think, mm. oh, I can't. It can't be that great in real life. And now I'm here. It, it lives it, up to all your expectations. Well, it's even better than I <laughs> thought. Better than, better than, you enjoyed the life-size cutouts of NBA players that we were looking at outside the studio. Outside the studio, there is um, uh, uh, James Harden. Yes, you're a big fan, I know. I'm not a big fan but of James Harden because I used to play a lot of basketball. and In the pros? Give me, uh, almost a pros. <laughs> sure. Isle of White League. Um, <laughs> and... He, I'm sure he travels, or I said to you, every time he does that three-point thing, he'll do a little bit underneath, step over a bit, and then he'll take about eight steps back to the three-point line. They all do it. They also go, oh, the three-point line, just step, oh, there oh, just step back there. And the rest <laughs> go, God, oh, it's, it's James bad. Harden, it's LeBron, so just, oh, just forget about that then. Just forget, <laughs> let's let him take as many steps back to the three-point line and then do that. Former uh, Isle of Wight Pro League... Uh, b- Way back in the day, when we not when we first started working together, but when we first started doing NFL stuff together, because you and I have known each other for years and years, right? Yes, yeah, so when we were teenagers. <laughs> we weren't teenagers. We weren't far off, to be honest. We're going back almost 20 years, I think. But when we started doing, for years, we didn't realize we both loved NFL, and then we, then we worked that out. Uh, we've done a lot of stuff over the years, and you, at one stage, were trying to make it as a quarterback in, in the NFL. How's that, how's that all going? I was trying to make it um, as a quarterback. That's right. I went along to an NFL day they had with young players I was in my early 30s and everyone else was 16 and it was basically a a series of fitness drills (laughs) and I had to go to a friend's 30th the night before so I was almost sick (laughs) and then had to run around all day and then these coaches made us do some quarterback drills but I was actually the best. I had the be- I best was five, five for six. Oh, wow. I didn't have the best arm. And there was a rugby guy who could p- properly throw it. Had a tank. Yeah. Have you a seen, have you, have you seen <laughs> yeah, him? Really? You actually have a tank. Have you ever played with him who's properly got a cannon arm? Cannon arm, yeah. It's incredible. And you're like, how the, yeah, we just watch, I mean, when you I watch. But have you actually caught a ball off someone? Oh, like the, pa- the pace of it just stings. Almost break your finger. I did a, I did a similar kind of thing, uh, for ESPN actually, where with the, a lot of the Jags, veterans so they had Tony Baselli, uh Keenan McCardle the receiver teaching me how to play different positions and Mark Brunel uh quarterback mm. was the quarterback coach yeah my god when you actually catch a ball from somebody who is slinging it it is but this is what they used to say about Kaepernick I remember receivers used to say about Kaepernick that he almost throws it too hard and that is seasoned receivers saying this that he yeah. puts too much pep on the ball especially when he's about 10 yards away yeah bam but they throw it over there because naturally, when you haven't, well, I used to throw it here, mm. but all the quarterbacks throw yeah, it over, above yeah. their yeah, yeah, head. Yeah. As opposed to kind of side up, unless you're my homes, he likes yeah. to side up it. Yeah. So that dream, that dream sadly, well, the, the academy of course, the NFL academy has opened up, so have you thought, has that rekindled your desire? I've not to heard anything? of anything. I'm 43 now, so <laughs> sure. I'm just older than Tom Brady. Sure, we're going to talk about Brady in a bit. Yeah. We're going to get into Brady, because of course it's wildcard weekend. Yes it is. 
one of my favourite weekends of the season because you have double bill on Saturday as well as Sunday. I love that. I love it spread it's out. Non-stop football, but no red zone, of course. So no red zone. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to. The I quite like that weekend. in a way. Though much as I love red zone, I quite like watching a game. Uh, that's one of the the biggest issues. Well, the only issue I think with red zone is that it just by its very nature, is so fast and cuts away so much that you don't see analysis. You, you can't watch a game breathe. I like to sit down and watching a game. I do. I prefer it. I, that's what I like about... I, 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 recently, I've been choosing to watch longer games. I always watch Detroit games, and then I always sort of try and watch another team. Uh, my, obviously, my team, the Lions, I've been watching all the teams in the like the Redskins, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Bengals, because halfway through the season, pretty much half the fans are looking at the draft order. Sure. It's the first sure. season I've been hoping my team will lose, lose, and they've done brilliantly, but just enough not to get Chase Young. <laughs> so, just enough to get the third pick, which is insignificant. So how do you feel about the Lions season, given the fact that Matt Stafford went down? So that has been the, the get-out-of-jail card for, for Matt Patricia. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that Patricia is the right guy to take you forward? Or are you frustrated that he's going to get, seemingly going to get another year? Uh, I think despite how bad you've been. There's been loads of injuries. I mean, Stafford's so crucial to the side. But, you know, everyone got injured. I mean, Marvin Jones is injured. Trey Flowers was out. Um, Karen Johnson was out. Delt Quandre Diggs, Delt Quandre Diggs as well. See, was... this is a weird thing. This is when you ask questions. So, Quandre Diggs was dealt to the Seahawks and then started having, um, some of the greatest games in his career sure. since moving. And then you think, all oh, right, it's Patricia. There's rumours that he's a really strict disciplinarian mm. and some of the players don't like it. Mind you, that happened, I guess, with someone like Marcus Peters, you know, the move yeah. in a decent setup, moved and suddenly started playing exceptionally well again. And I don't think you necessarily think, well, was that because the, you know, Wade Phillips and, and McVeigh have got it wrong with the Rams. Like, I know they've had a, a disappointing season. So maybe you can, sometimes it just benefits a player to be in a different situation, a fresh situation. Yeah, I'll give Patricia one more chance. I'm not really enamoured with him. Um, Jim Calder, who was there before, was just a really good, safe pair of hands and really well respected. Yeah. And he didn't get the results, obviously. And they thought oh, Patricia was a hot young, based every single coordinator at the Patriots is touted as the hot young thing. Yeah. And whether they turn into it or not, I mean, there's been a limited success story. of True. You look so. at how many of those Belichick lieutenants have actually been successful. Mind yeah. you, that's starting to change because you've got Flores, who I know you're a big fan of. I thought he, I thought that I watched the Dolphins, um, bits of the game and the highlights again. And for a team, the Dolphins, who have basically, what was it? Most of them have just been free agents and just rookie. They were playing for the most exciting football. Fitzmagic was in full force. Devontae Parker looks amazing. Perfect Um, quarterback for that situation, isn't he? Yeah. But Josh Rosen is is an interesting one because we were talking about this on the Wednesday pod with with Carlson, actually, that a lot of quarterbacks on the market going into next season. So the draft's got a few, you know, coming through and uh, quite a few definitely feasible starters in the NFL will be available, right? So, for example, uh, one, presumably Nick Foles, if they move forward, the Jags with Minshew, that type of player. You've got Rivers, Dalton. These guys could can still start in the NFL. And you've got to put Josh Rosen in that mix, right? Because he is, you know, a top 10 pick, had one difficult rookie season like virtually every rookie quarterback ever. And then situation, and I think it's a lot to do with just the wrong situation again. He could be unlucky with that. And the, the flip side, we were chatting before we came on air, weren't we, that Dak Prescott is almost the inverse 
diametric opposite there that he just bounced into the right thing. Romo got injured. He got a shot. He took that shot and fair play to him. But he could have easily as a, you know, mid round pick or third, fourth round pick ended up in Cincinnati, sat under Dalton for a couple of years and bounced out of the league. And at the moment there is a chance. Well, do you think Rosen will bounce out of the league or do you think someone will give him a shot? I think he'll get a shot. Definitely. The number of injuries there is. I mean, if you think three years ago, I remember when Rosen was the possible number one pick yeah. in the draft and everyone said oh he uh, was at UCLA wasn't he yeah. he had the question was about his attitude attitude yeah. he was a bit too cocky yeah that's and that's right. the thing is whether the players like him and whether he's got that uh, NFL attitude but he was quite um, sometimes you hear that that is I mean it's not just unique to the NFL either players that uh, again using a kind of massive generalisation of stereotype but Back in the day in Premier League dressing rooms, if you read the, if you read a broadsheet newspaper, you were different, you know, so you don't quite know. I know that the NFL, we're in 2020 and the NFL locker rooms are, you know, a, a, a fairly broad spectrum in many respects, but you don't quite know whether, because he's not a conventional, yeah. locker room type, whether, but I suppose the quarterback has to be. I think you probably get it's away like with that. It's Jay Cutler other. thing, isn't it? Yeah, right where, he right. where he never really fit in with the Bears and it was always. Surly. I remember, I remember going to watch the Bears play at Wembley and going to a press conference with Jay Cutler and the, the feeling of him not wanting to be there and the disrespect <laughs> for all the British journalists was just <laughs> feeling. It was just there like, oh, I've got to do this. Who are these idiots? I don't think Josh yeah. Rosen is as bad as that. I do think he will get another chance. I mean, it's quite interesting. I think the, like, talking about Rivers... Do you remember and, the Smoking Jay Cutler? What was that one? Smoking Jay Cutler. I think it was a website that then kind of parlayed into a whole load of memes but just pictures of Jay Cutler with cig- cigarettes or other things superimposed on him it's worth checking that I'm sure it still goes strong somewhere yeah um, but Rivers is in- I mean Rivers is interesting whether uh, it's sad seeing players I hate when players leave franchises they've just ingrained into the history of yeah it's like we talk about Brady and Rivers and Rivers was clearly pretty upset at his press, press conference yeah. So you think, where does he go? Has he sort of fallen off form a bit? This, it seems to be his decision making wasn't on a par with what was before, but I don't know. Uh, In a difficult, again, it's back to situation. I think, obviously, a player, when you're getting into your late 30s, in Brady's case, early 40s, there is going to be an element of decline. And Drew Brees seems to be an anomaly there, because if anything, he's playing as well as he has ever done. But there is going to be an element of decline. So, of course, so much you've got to adjust your game to a degree, and so much depends on what's around you. And the Chargers are not a good side. I mean, they're not a bad side. They're losing quite a lot of close games, and they, in true Chargers fashion, threw stuff away. But mm. they're not a good side. You put Rivers in a, con- a, a genuinely contending side. You put Rivers at the Bears. Well, that's the thing. I think the Bears are the side that are crying out for yeah. one of these quarterbacks. I think... I've watched the Bears play a lot, being a Lions fan, and Trubisky, I think, is awful. It's just, I mean, the fact they wasted a second pick, the pick <laughs> on him. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and where they could be with a decent quarterback, and you can if you think, oh, Rivers will be amazing there. Brady, I don't know, Brady doesn't feel right for the Bears. And my, or you know, Nick Foles, you go Nick Foles yeah. there. Anyone yeah, yeah. could slide in there and suddenly you think, oh, yeah. they're at least wild card contenders yeah. next year. Even Dalton, you know, and uh, some Bengals fans might laugh at that. But yeah, I think it would, would be an upgrade because they've invested so much in him, in uh, Trubisky. That's this, look, I want to say it's, it, it's, it's crazy. It's understandable how you can whiff on a quarterback pick. You know, very few Andrew Lux that come out that are sure things, right? Burrow looks like that kind of mm. player, but 
it's the fact that they reached up for him. And so they're in this vicious situation, which a lot of teams find themselves in. The Jaguars, I guess, did with Bortles because it's slightly different. But when they re-upped his contract, they had to then stick with him and they yeah. missed that window. And the Jags now are, you know, are, are fragmenting and rebuilding and, uh, and are not, you know, they were a few minutes away from the Super Bowl a few years. Yeah. It's crazy to think that. Couple of news stories, then we'll get into the wildcard pick. Sure, man. It looks like, uh, the worst kept secret in football is out now that the Cowboys are going to move on from, from Jason Garrett. The, and this is something that we qualified on the Wednesday show. Mike and I, when we were talking about it, which I think has been misreported that a little bit anyway, that Jerry Jones doesn't need to fire Garrett. He's out of contract in, in about 10 days, I think mid January 14th, I think it is. So it's not a case of we're going to fire Jason Garrett. We're going to re-up his his contract. Everybody knew that was going to happen, but the Cowboys have been mysteriously quite quiet about the situation. But sources now, so essentially leaks coming out saying that they're, they're going to move on. Now, maybe they were considering a different role for him in the organization and they couldn't make that work. They're just letting the clock run out. But it is to, or by all accounts, the Cowboys will move on from Garrett. Do you think he bounces into another head coaching gig? I, not straight away. I don't mean, it's a weird thing trying to evaluate him because the Cowboys have just been sort of fairly average. I can't work out whether his coaching is average because the squad is quite good. Yeah, very not, good. I, I, know, I don't think it's as elite as everyone says from mm. what I've seen. I don't, I'm not really blown away by them. I think similar to comparing to Jim Caldwell, I said before, of a quite a good coach with a quite a good team. They never really do badly. Mm. Oh, this year you could say it was a disappointment and they could have won that division, but I don't know. I just, look, at, look at his record, right? So he's 85 and 67 is his, yeah, uh, is his record. He's finished eight and eight four times in nine seasons, won just two playoff games, never got past the divisional round. And, and really when you look at the talent in this Cowboys side, Missed the playoffs far too often. I mean, there's eight and eight seasons, right? So, I think it, 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 whichever way you cut it, he's underperformed with the, with the talent that's been there. But it's a difficult gig because Jerry Jones controls so much. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know how much. Obviously, he is probably the most, um, public uh, owner there is in the NFL. I think so. And I don't know what role, and, and you think, Jason Garrett may have what? How much input did he have in the team? How much of it is the reason Jason Garrett was kept on for so long? Because he's because a patsy, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that might be the case. I mean, I'd be fascinated to see what they're like next season if they sort of just plummet or if they stay the same. What what, they, what they'll do? This I mean, is it. Do you take a head coach who and therefore move away from everything you've done to date by handing over? a significant amount of control, particularly in terms of personnel, to get the kind of guy that you want, like McCarthy, for example. Well, I think the perfect guy's just gone to Washington, uh, Riverboat Ron. Mm. I love him. Yeah. I think he's great. I think he, I just like the way he's quite adventurous and he's not typically conventional. And I think the Redskins, from what I've watched at the end of the season, yeah. have got so much talent. Got talent there. The wide receivers they've got. He's put Del Rio in as well, which is a great shout. Yeah, I just, I think... They pick up Chase Young or probably, yeah. and suddenly yeah, they've yeah. got Montez Sweat in the defense. Yeah, suddenly yeah. they might be a worst. I putting money on them being a worst to first, yeah. possibly because they're in the East as well, right? Yeah, it's a very winnable, winnable division. So I think that would have been someone who had gone completely against yeah. the the Jason Garrett. But I don't know who yeah. who are you thinking? Of? I mean, will McCarthy want want that role? Well, this is it. I think only on in, with certain conditions. So it's whether Jerry Jones thinks I'm at a certain age now. We've had. 
this long being relatively mediocre, do I need to change up how I run this operation to get the guy that, that I want? And if not, he's going to have, I mean, there's a lot of buzz about whether they'll look, uh, you know, to, to the college system and take a coach that's coming in for the first time. I mean, Carlson, Mike Carlson was talking about Urban Meyer on the show on Wednesday, who's very seasoned old pro. So I'm not sure he would necessarily accept that lack of control in terms of personnel. But it, yeah, I think it will come down to that, whether Jerry Jones compromises to get the right guy. Or, I don't think he will. I'm, I'm not sure he will. I think he'll be a younger coach that he can mould with his wrinkly old hands. We need to raise a, before we get to the wild card, raise a glass uh, to Sam Weish, the uh, former Bengals coach, uh, who died on Thursday at age 74. He was, of course, the head coach of the Bengals side that made it to the Super Bowl back in the 80s, the Boomer Esaias and the yeah. Wood Super Bowl. We were kids around the same time and fell in love with the game around the same time. And uh, it was a great side and, you know, narrowly lost out to the 49ers in in that game. Uh, the Bengals were great, weren't they, yeah. around that era? Yeah. That was, the, of course, the famous Montana John Candy drive, right? Where he points in the Super Bowl, it needs to get the job done, two minute drill. Look guys, here's John Candy. It just calms everybody down by, uh, just taking the air out of the situation. So that was the, uh, what everybody remembers about that game. But what people maybe don't necessarily recall uh, as vividly is just how exciting the Bengals side was. And Asiasen was a great quarterback. And a lot of our listeners and viewers now, well, no, Asiasen is a pundit and not necessarily remember him as a quarterback. He was great. and, and uh, I mean, that, that was the time when the, it was always sort of Warren Moon was in there playing for the Oilers. Yeah, that's right. Jim Kelly at the, Bell, at yeah, the Bills. Yeah, and who was the Browns? The Browns was, was it Bernie Kosar? Bernie Kosar at the Browns, who Belichick got rid of, of course, uh, when he was the Browns head coach. Yeah, so Vintager. So yeah, Sam Weish, one of the greats, raising a glass, uh, Raising a glass to him, as I say, passed away uh, on Thursday, age 74 years old. Right, let's get down to it, Marek. Wildcard weekend. I'm sure, first things first, you've read my column on ESPN about the playoffs. I've read it two or three times. Oh, good. Okay. And each time I read it, it seems to get better. Oh, that's great to hear. I appreciate I appreciate that. I, I, I studied English literature at university, hmm. and I think, hang on a minute, people should be studying this stuff, right? <laughs> Is it up there with J.D. Salinger, would you say? In, uh, oh, better. I mean, he, he oh, went nice. off after the one book, <laughs> Just the one, just like uh, one good column and I'm out. These, no, no, he did. Your columns oh. are regularly... Oh, thanks, man. You got my back. Well, look, there are lots to get... There is a lot to get into. I want to start with the Patriots uh, for all kinds of reasons, because once again, we're here where... Uh, and, of course, I suggested uh, this in the column that everybody's writing them off again. And you can understand why. You can understand why people are dismissing the Patriots again this season does it feel different to you this season because we've been down this road so many times and they confound expectation and they find a way to get it done is it fundamentally different this time around it's all because halfway through the season everyone was banging on how great the Patriots are mm. how their defense was unstoppable mm. and I watched last week's game against the Dolphins I, I said before I just thought this doesn't look like Patriots at all they would get Brian uh, um, Fitzpatrick was tearing them apart Stephen Gilmore he was on Devontae Parker, yeah. and, and Devontae Parker was completely nailing it. Yeah. And it, was, it reminded me, I keep on about Detroit, where Darius Slay got done by Keenan Allen. Yes. Occasionally you get these, if you get really good route running mm. um, receivers, or someone uber-talented, they expose these sort of shut-down cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was amazing. Um, 
and I was watching Tom Brady's arms. You always, everyone's sort of waiting to go, oh, is the Tom Brady era over? Mm. And there was an interception he threw, which was just unlike Brady at the start when he yeah. D- d- yeah, yeah, yeah. misread the defense. Yeah. Threw it straight. It, was it pick six? I can't remember if it was or not. Wasn't a pick six, I don't think. It just, it was just not like Brady. And I thought, oh, is he gone? Is his arm gone? And yet then he makes a, he's missing a couple of throws. And then you see, I saw him do a long bomb. I thought, I oh, know he's still got the arm strength. Yes. I think the question is, I don't know if he's, he obviously trusts Edelman, who wasn't really a, 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 a target in that game, but does he trust? Because of injury, yeah. He doesn't trust any of the other. This is the issue with, with, with Brady. And look, obviously, any quarterback has got to have, you've got to be on the same page with your receiver, right? That's a, a fundamental. But with Brady, it is particularly accentuated, that, that factor. And, those different quarterback, those different receivers at the moment, for whatever reason, you've got Dorsett and his hands are just, he's dropping too much. Most Santa, who's a really wily veteran, you thought he, would just I thought roll he would, into, yeah. yeah. Like, no, with that. the 49ers, Manuel Saunders went in great. Straight he away. thought he was a similar yeah. sort of pick. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently they should have gone for, they should have got Saunders in, I think. And Keel Harry is a rookie receiver. It is difficult. And yes, he's a first round pick. He's the first receiver Belichick's taken. It's a difficult thing to do in your first year to hit the ground running as a receiver. So all of those players, and then you've got Jacoby Myers in a supporting cast. Yeah, Edelman's the only guy you can trust. Edelman is, is injured. And when you have that one dimension or that mono dimension, of course, it's going to be more straightforward for defenses. They have sorted the running game out, it seems, to a degree, because with Devlin, their fullback going out, and this is what I mean, the textbook thing, they worked out, we can get a Landon Roberts, a linebacker, a, a, a jobbing linebacker, essentially, parlay him into a fullback, and get that moving again. That is what we're dealing with here, with McDaniels in particular, and, and in that situation, and Belichick, just some of the best coaches the game will ever see, right? Um, yeah. I mean, what's interesting, I think, with the Patriots in previous years, they've, you know, uh, this might be a key factor that they're playing wildcard weekend. Yes. Normally, they're straight to divisionals. They've right. got home advantage. First time since 2009 they're playing a wildcard yeah. game. Yeah, and they... and. You always see, everyone writes to the Patriots, but they play, they're so prepared for these yep. games. All, their playbook completely changes. So they yep. start, they start doing plays that you've not seen in the regular season yep. because Belichick's a genius. Yep. And suddenly they're great in the divisionals and they're great and they find themselves in the Super Bowl. Yes. But with the fact that they're playing, I mean, I was so surprised by that Dolphins game. I wonder if they need that though. I take your point. We were chatting about this on the radio broadcast that two games to the Super Bowl, you could believe the Patriots are still still make it so one of the production guys in the production team who was not an nfl fan was saying are the patriots going to be good this year why are they so good so we were getting into all of this and the general consensus from you know the nfl broadcasters journalists on the show was saying i can easily see the patriots still making the super bowl despite all this but then they lost to the dolphins then they're suddenly playing the wild card i'm not sure actually whether that does change a huge amount insofar as i wonder if they needed that slap in the face mm. that uh, this game against the Titans, I, I could see them unleashing hell against the Titans. Well, like everybody's writing them off. But the only thing I'd say is that I've, I've really enjoyed watching the Titans the last few weeks. And they are sort of the form side. They're exciting. The new, Tannehill playing with passion. And that spread throughout the team. Derek Henry looks an unstoppable force. He does. Um, it's whether, uh, I would fancy the Patriots, ironically, to overturn the Bills or, the uh, the Texans. Texans. I think they've yeah. got the hardest yes. of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting the Titans. They're going into Foxborough. So let's talk about where this will be won and lost. Derek Henry's fundamental, as you say. Rushing leader, 
absolutely representative of the momentum of this team. He just he's driving them. It's not not solely, of course, and we'll talk Tannehill in a moment. But but Henry is the the heartbeat of this offense. So the the Patriots have to stop him, and they're going to go to the ground and try and establish that because it will set up so much for the Titans if they can get him moving. So that battle is going to be key. Whether Henry can run it up the gut of the Patriots and they can establish a ground game quickly. Let's talk about Tannehill and the aerial offense on show here against what is still an incredibly strong Patriots D and Patriots secondary. I take your point about Gilmore getting shown up by Devontae Parker, but everybody has bad days, right? And it it has to everybody. And you're absolutely right. The first half of the season, we were being told this wasn't just one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. This is one of the best defenses statistically looking at DVOA of all time, right? So uh, it hasn't suddenly got bad and you've got Belichick presiding over it. So what do you think of that matchup? Are they, are the, are they Titans, maybe because of the ground game, if they can establish that, going to be able to get enough going in the air? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, is it, who's their rookie receiver? AJ Brown is Brown. It? Brown. Yeah. And he looks great, but is he just too fresh? Because right. Stephen Gilmore's an old bro. He knows what he's doing. Will he be able to shut down? Well, he'll be on Brown, I presume. Yeah. Will he be able to shut? That'll be a really interesting battle to see if last week was just a blip, which I think it was. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, you can't, I'm feel like I'm just repeating what everyone, what everyone said, you can't run off the Patriots. Every time, we've done this every year, <laughs> for the yeah. last eight years. Right. And I think that we're going to see, we're going to see more, we're going to see trick plays, we're going to see different stuff from the Patriots, we're going to see it all mixed up. And I think that might be a bit tricky for the Titans D to cope with. I mean, you'd say you've got, the Titans offense and the Patriots defense is like a really sort of premium sort of battle. Mm. Whereas the Patriots offense and Titans defense maybe looks like two of the weaker parts playing each other. So we'll see what it People turns are out. talking about the, um, the Titans secondary as a weak link. And I kind of understand that on the one hand, but Bill Barmer, uh, the brilliant Bill Barmer, great column on ESPN about each of the teams in the wild card round and their strengths and weaknesses. And he was saying, and look, Kevin Bayard, there's no doubt is a great player, but he was saying, the Titans secondary is better than people think. And that, again, could be critical. Because I think when you're looking at base-level, surface-level matchups, you're thinking, well, this is actually a favorable matchup for the Patriots at the moment because although they haven't got the passing game in sync, this Titans secondary isn't as strong uh, as it could be compared to, say, the Bills, for example. Barmel argues, well, actually, it might be stronger than you think. Um, and, for example, he points out that the slot corner in the Titans D ranks third in the NFL. And so various elements in the secondary is perhaps better than you think. And if they can frustrate Brady again, and so speaking of one dimensional, they try and go to the ground game, particularly it could be, it could be, you know, another difficult day for, for, for Brady. There's an energy about this Titan side as well. I did a piece with Vrabel and some of the captains when they were over playing at Wembley last season. And you could, I just liked them straight away, like, like Vrabel. He was getting quite a lot of criticism at the time. You remember that Wembley game, he went for two points to win it, mm. which I loved as well. Uh, he was getting a lot of criticism. I'm not, back to your point about Belichick lieutenants and are they good enough as head coaches? You could just sense that he commanded respect, but authority, uh, but was relaxed with the players as well. And there was a gang of them, Wesley Woodyard, who ended up doing the Super Bowl with two, Jarrell Casey, these guys who were just seasoned vets, good guys, Great players, underrated players as well. And they just bought in. You could tell they're buying into Vrabel. And it's no surprise to me at all that they've done what they've done this season. They've got this energy. And I wonder if that, if we are talking about momentum and we're talking about trajectories, whether 
this is the situation we're seeing unfold that maybe is the beginning of the end because although there's it's undeniable the genius and the scheming and everything else of, of Belichick in particular and the the Patriots coaching experience and wily old veterans in the mix. Maybe now this is a next generation coming through and, and it is the end of the road. If it is, if it is the end of the road for this particular incarnation of the Patriots and this Belichick Brady dynasty, does Tom Brady retire or does Tom Brady move on and play for another team? Well, I think it'd be crazy to play for another team. You're 42 years old. Just enjoy your life. You've done every, you can never do anything as good as you've done before. I mean, the, the, there's talk of him going to the Broncos, isn't there? There's talk, Where yeah. He would go in, slot in for a, a season, and then they would do the old Manning, uh, Super Bowl special. But are they a strong enough team? This is the thing. So, so to your point, why do it? Maybe the clue or the answer to that is in everything we've known about Brady, which is, Despite everything he's achieved, he is still has a chip on his shoulder about being drafted so low. And he is, because he's such a great competitor, because he's one of the greatest players of all time, probably the greatest quarterback of all time, certainly no doubt in terms of what he's achieved, the greatest quarterback of all time, he can't help himself. He has this innate drive that he has a point to prove. And if they go out in the wildcard round or, or they go out without winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl, I wonder if Brady won't be able to help himself having another dance and wanting to go again. And in which case, is he he's surely going to want to go to a contender, right? A team that has a shot at the Super Bowl next year. I'm not sure the Broncos do. Maybe, but, but you said the Browns before. But yeah. I think that's too messy, the Browns. I was reading someone who said they... um Did they come from the Browns to the Lions? And they said the culture is mm. completely different. So under Patricia, the Lions was far more disciplined than the Browns. Mm. It was a bit of a mess. Yeah. And I think that has been it, and that has really shown in their record. I, I wonder don't if think that, Tom if, Brady would be the right fit for those. There's too many egos there, really, isn't there? That's what, I wonder if that he's a perfect fit for those egos. But you're right. Uh, will he go to a situation that he thinks is going to be – the Browns have a puncher's chance of the Super Bowl next year if they can keep most of the personnel together and find the right coach, right, and, and find a, a stronger quarterback. Maybe they've invested too much in Baker Mayfield and it's crazy talk, but – if McDaniels was to go, and again, there's a lot of ifs here, right? But if McDaniels was to take the gig and we're here, we hear the Browns are interested in him and it kind of makes sense in a way that McDaniels will look at the offensive talent there and be tempted. Now we're hearing, or we hear that McDaniels, that he might be the succession plan of Foxborough. He has been schooled in that Belichickian Bill Walsh don't go anywhere near an organization that looks even vaguely toxic. So would he take the gig or not? But if he did, then suddenly things start to fall into place. Well, does Belichick go as well? Well, right. See, here's what I think was going to happen. It's going to be typical Patriots luck. Belichick and Brady decide to go. Yeah. They tank next year. They get a brand... Josh McDaniels takes over and they get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. The greatest <laughs> sure. prospect, prospect since Andrew Luck. Sure. And then, then they're good for another 20 years. For another 20 years. It's all That's what's going to happen. So what, what do you think? All said and done, do you think... Win or lose, if Brady gets to the Super because I, th- I could see him winning the Super if they win the Super Bowl, which right now is a very big if. I could see the, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl and Brady retiring as a champion. If they won the Super Bowl, he would definitely retire. Yeah, I think so Absolutely. too. Absolutely. If they don't, I mean, there's no real backup at the Patriots, is there? Who is the quarterback to go in? I don't even know who they're... Jarrett Stidham is their backup. Right. Well, so there's no real person to step in there. Mm. 
anyway, so there's no one challenging him. There's no sort of clamour for someone else to replace Brady there. Mm. They've got to develop a new quarterback anyway. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if I see them, them get sort of shrewd early, late, well, late first round quarterback pick of someone that Belichick scouted from somewhere. But I don't know. Mm. Um, I think if they lose, that Brady will stay on for another year. At the Patriots or in the NFL? I think at the Patriots. Mm. I think he'll stay on. I want who do you, who are you going to say goes to? I don't know. I, 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 the Browns is probably really fanciful. I think, I think if he goes, he has to go to a contender. The Chargers. Chargers, maybe, maybe. Do you qualify them as a contender next season though? I think it's, it's like Favre going to Minnesota. Mm. He, they, and they almost did, you know, they, he knew they had a very real shot of winning it. I think he's only going to take that gig. Well, Bear, he's not really a Bears, Bears. player. He's not a Bears player. Though, but it would, they qualify in that respect. Why yeah. use it the Bears? Would, if, would they, yeah. Or if, 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 was, would they be in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. All of that is to come out in the watch. First things first though, pick the Titans Patriots game. Which way do you think it's going to go? It's going to go down to a two point conversion. Again. Really? The Titans are going to win 22-21. Wow. What makes you so sure about, are they going to roll the dice on that to win it? Yeah. They're it'll be go, literally the last second. No, 20. It'll be 21-20 and they'll 25, go. 25-24 because there'll be a field goal there. <laughs> they're going it'll to be go. 24-23. They've got a touchdown. Derek Henry. I know, AJ Brown in the top, in the right hand corner. Okay. Touchdown. They're going to think, oh no, he's going to bubble the ball. No, he's caught it. And then they go for the two. And they go for the two and they get it. Tannehill goes in. And they get it. Tannehill yeah. goes in. Oh, I love it. All right. That is the later game on Saturday night, Sunday morning, UK time. The earlier one on Saturday, also from the AFC, is Buffalo Houston. In Houston, of course, the Bills, the road team here, the Houston uh, Texans, both with 10 and 6 records, but the Texans winning the AFC South, so getting the home field advantage. Big, big key to this game is the fitness of Will Fuller wide receiver and you'll have heard Will Fuller's name a lot this week a lot over recent weeks really because everybody says how instrumental he is to this offense but that's undeniable Will Fuller changes the way the Texans play that changes the way that defenses scheme and the things they have to think about against the Texans he is a speedster he's a deep threat he opens up so much for DeAndre Hopkins he liberates Deshaun Watson he's fundamental as we're recording this, which is Friday, suggestions are he's going to be a game-time decision, but leaning towards probably not playing, or if he's playing, nowhere near fit. I think that's a massive problem for the, for, for the Texans. I like the Texans all week long on the basis Will Fuller was going to play. Will Fuller doesn't play. I think this becomes really, really close one to call. If Will Fuller plays, I think the Texans... If not walk it, that might be overstating it, but but win it reasonably comfortably. Well, with him, they've got a lot of firepower. Obviously, he's not going to be f- full, fully fit. Or are they just saying that? Is it a bit of... I mean, you, you think they, you'd think they wouldn't say anything. They'd say he's fully fit and just play him so they got him. It, so he's covered as if he's fit well, they're for at least the first quarter. So yeah. there must be something wrong with him if he's they're, not playing. They're officially saying that he is a, a game-time decision. It's, it's people close to the organisation reporting he's probably in an oxygen tank now (laughs) getting cream rubbed over him constantly he's in a cream bath in an oxygen tank getting all the weapons you get all the cold you get those cold things don't you those cold rooms the ice baths oh the uh which is where antonio brown the cryogenic rooms yes i went to yeah i went to uh my girlfriend's uh works as of a beauty journalist Mm. and she got us free pass to champneys yeah 
and we got toured all around Champions, which is basically, if people don't know, it's just a sort of health spa in just north of London. And they've got this cryogenic room that was basically a cold room. It goes down to minus 40 or something, but it's a different, you don't feel cold, you just have a, and they're pictures of Frankie Dottori and Frank Bruno. <laughs> and they're all going there for their injuries, and they sit in this room, and you've had this before, haven't you? Where no. It's special treatment where you go into this... Oh, I know. Oh, sorry. I thought I heard your story before. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what it is? You go in, it's supposed to accelerate the old uh, healing, isn't it? That's right. Well, this is what Antonio Brown got uh, scuppered in Paris. He did his, I think, well, in France, certainly, in the in the off-season, which is where he burnt his feet and the whole... Oh, he forgot to yeah. put... Um, the socks on. Socks on. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Did you, did you experience it? I went in there for one minute. And I thought, I said, oh, this is quite cold. You meant to stay. But then when I, when I came out, I looked about 10 years, immediately. It's amazing. I looked 10 years younger and I could sprint. I thought you looked fresh, actually. When this was 10, it was about oh, 10 years ago. Okay. Really, uh, quite rough. Um, so, I mean, we could, ideally, Nat, this would be a cryogenics room you do the podcast. In. I like the idea of doing a bit of a road trip in the off season. We can, we can go and sample a cryogenics room. Uh, we should do before and after. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm writing it down. Let's do it. Yeah. Make Let's sure go. you bring your socks though, so you don't do an Antonio Brown. Socks and maybe a clean pair of pants. <laughs> Definitely a clean pair of pants. Back to the Texans. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Talking of clean pair of pants, back to the Texans. So, I mean, it, let's look at the Bills for a moment because defense, they're a team firstly without any real superstars compared to a lot of the teams in, in this league, right? They've only got one pro bowler out of, you know, for a playoff team, that's the least out of all the playoff teams. They, their offense, I don't want to labor the point here, but you know, they have Brown and Beasley. I, with Josh Allen as well, I just don't feel that is enough for a deep playoff run. I just, I just don't feel He's it not, is. I'm not sold on Josh Allen. I've watched him. He's, a, when they, it's different to Lamar Jackson where he runs the ball. It looks a decision for him to run the ball. Mm. A lot of time with Josh Allen, it looks as if he hasn't read the, <laughs> the playbook. Yeah. And then he's just going to run. It. He's just going to run then. Obviously, you've got a deep threat of John Brown because he's got his cannon arm. But, yep. I mean, that is – there's only so much you can do with that. And the Texans – The confusing thing on that, though, I think, I don't know if you agree or not, because I'm with you on Alan. I'm, I'm, I'm unconvinced. Someone – I think it might have been Bill Simmons described him as a great athlete, not so sure he's a great quarterback, right, which I think is a really good description of him. But he does sometimes hit that throw right on the money. Like, he will suddenly do a throw and you think, oh, okay – I was completely wrong. This guy clearly knows what he's doing. Let's quarterbacks come into the league and they're never convincing or rarely convincing. And they don't do anything that makes you think, yeah, you're going to, they just don't have that presence. They certainly don't have the, the passing ability, reading situations that have any of that combination. Alan has some of that. He seems to do yeah. certain things like he's a season pro. It, I, I, you do get that. It's, he's in that sort of league of quarterbacks. I sort of put, Blake Bortles is the bottom end. Yes. Josh Allen is the middle. Yeah. And Daniel Jones is quite similar as well, but I think he's the top end. I was watching Daniel Jones. You take Jones over Josh Allen. Yeah, because I think he's more intelligent. Mm. And I think he he does a similar thing to Josh Allen, where Josh Allen will just miss players on screens. Mm. And it's so frustrating to see him just miss the ball, or he'll put too much heat on it. He doesn't seem to know the power of his arm sometimes. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not convinced how accurate how intentional he's at. I mean, he will make amazing throws, mm. but it's so inconsistent. I don't trust him. Um, the but- Bills have had, and this is not their fault because they're in the AFC East and that's the way the cards fall, but they've had one of the easiest schedules in, in the NFL. So do you think that they're, they're, it's quite misleading that we're getting a little bit carried away 
about the Bills? Because I think there's quite a lot of buzz about them. A lot of people fancy them to beat the Texans. Are we really too much into that because they've had quite a villain of the schedule? They sort of snuck in, haven't they? No one, they never really got any attention. They just, you One know. One big win, the kind of big win against the Cowboys who turned out not to be that good was the, yeah. was the, the I guess the focal point. They, they ran the Patriots close a couple of times, but again, the Patriots, you know, have been sputtering, so. I mean, the fascinating uh, battle here is if Will Fuller's playing. That'll be a real, you've got one of the, a uh, great offense. You know, I really like the running backs. I really like Carlos Hyde. I really like Duke Johnson as yeah. well. Uh, Johnny Hopkins, you say anything about him. He's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, just uh, Watson, I love as well. You've got a really, uh, an offense with so many weapons. And that will really be a test of the Bills D. Yeah. And yeah. see whether they, if they can handle that. Um, so it's fascinating. It would be fascinating. But I think, um, I, I, I just fancy the, the Texans, I think. You fancy? I do as well. I, 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 I do think though that Fuller is fundamental to that. What happened to JJ Watt then? He's back. Is he definitely playing? Definitely playing. So I think yeah. that will change things. Yeah. That he's such a talismanic figure. Yeah. Whether, I mean, it's crazy to think that they've got, they've lost most season without JJ Watt. They traded or Clowney went. Yeah. So there were, there were, Plenty of the two greatest defensive players at one time. And yeah. Downey never really lived up to his potential. Yeah. Um, but if Watt's back, I'm, it'd be fascinated to see if he has a big influence. But he does. I think it will be Texans by about 10. Yeah, comfortably then. Irrespective of the fuller situation. Yeah, I think it'll be alright. I like the Texans as well. I'm picking them too. Those are our Saturday games. Mm-hmm. Sunday, both NFC uh, matchups starting with a game that Marek, I think a lot of people are suggesting it's going to be pretty one-sided. I'm not so sure. Minnesota heading to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. The Vikings 10 to 6, the Saints 11 and 3. The Saints, one of those teams that came out of it the wrong way going into the final weekend when the seeds could have really, really mixed up and they got the job done again and they're going in in red-hot form, of course, into, into the playoffs. And the Vikings, on the other hand, are spluttering again and the same problem that we hear about Kirk Cousins he's not a primetime player and he's going to 0-8 record on Monday Night Football and he's good against bad teams struggles against big teams and you look at almost every area of this game and every key matchup and it favours the Saints they are great at stopping the run so you think with Dalvin Cook they get the, he's back and you get the ground game going and he's good to go so the Vikings the Saints haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher all season long they're one of the strongest teams against the run you then look at offensively just how impactful the Saints are at the moment. And the matchups there just seem to favor the New Orleans Saints to put a lot of points on the board here. But I'm not sure it's going to be as straightforward as that because I think the Saints will go into an early lead and I think the Vikings will chase the game. And I think they can. I think they have the weapons to do that. And I think in the secondary... Whilst there's Marshawn Lattimore, I think there are weaknesses here in the Saints. Eli Apple's going to be out. And I think Cousins, can, with Diggs in particular as a downfield threat, can exploit that. And these stats about no 100-yard rushes, they have to be broken at some point. These streaks have to be broken at some point. If anyone's going to break it, or certainly a handful of running backs that could, then Dalvin Cook is that is that guy, right? And so, so much depends on how fit he really is. Your point earlier on, Dalvin Cook might be banged up and it comes out afterwards and I'm playing on a torn ACL or, you know, whatever it is that you hear at this stage of the season, so many players are, are, are really, really badly injured, but just play through it. But on the basis, he's at 70%. The Vikings have a puncher's chance, don't they? I think these are 
from what I've seen this season, at the moment, the best two teams in all mm. of the wild cards. Really? I think the Vikings are underrated. Adam mm. Thielen's back. He was injured. Yeah. Yep. I love him as a receiver, yep. even though I'm an Eyes fan. I think he's brilliant. He's had a bit of time. He was first game back. So they've got Diggs and Thielen now, and they've got Cook. I just think they're really, uh, apart from the first, if you look at the, the Vikings, I mean, the NFC um, North, the Packers are the worst. Are they 12 and 4, 3 and 13 and 3? 13 and 3. Yeah. They're the worst 13 and 3 side yeah. I've ever seen, I think. <laughs> yeah. They had the schedule, the same as the Lions. They played the, they had NFC um, East, so you had the, they played the Eagles. Yeah. You know, Cowboys, and we had, and we played the AFC West. So you've mm. got the Bronco, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders who are not really on form. So they've had really Mahomes, easy, they might have lucked out there. Easy schedule. The Lions against the Packers should have beaten them twice. Uh, Rogers seem to be off form. I think they're a very good side. The Vikings, they basically rested their players last week because they knew they were in the wild card spot. They're unlucky to get the Saints. And the Saints, I think you've really got to question the whole seeding. <laughs> when would you change it yeah and and irrespective of divisional i would keep the division uh divisions um if you win division you get in mm. but i would give it the one to six in terms of records because it, it's uh, the whole thing of the eagles being at home to the but they're by far well the eagles being at home to seahawks is not fair you know the, the, the saints they're just i mean they would be third anyway they would still be playing this spot but it's crazy there and they're probably the best wild card yeah team in the last 10 years yeah. I think so it's unfortunate the Vikings come so the Vikings basically when, when Kirk Cousins was playing well after they realised that he could move about in the pocket a bit more and when he was on form I mm. was blown away by Kirk Cousins when I saw him play after about week six or six. he seems to be and, I, and you know I mentioned the prime time thing which everybody singles out right he seems to be the most malign quarterback given what he's achieved even like you look at his passer rating you look at statistically because oh that's just statistics it proves that you know it's not passing the eye test you got to look at him and look i'm not suggesting that he is in the same bracket as, as wilson or mahomes uh deshaun watson the elite quarterbacks in the nfl right now but he's a top 10 top 12 yeah, quarterback i he think he win is, a Super yeah. Bowl with a top 10 top 12 quarterback. He, when he was playing on form some of the passes i saw accuracy he's intelligent he's obviously knows the game he's yeah. experienced yeah. I don't think he'll be phased by this. I think you'll like the fact that the Vikings are underdogs. I think they're far better than people um, think. And I think that the New Orleans D will have a bit of a shock. If, yep. if Adam Thielen's fit. Yeah. And Darren Cook, I, you know, he, after about week eight, his shoulder was... His shoulder, yeah. So I don't know what the situation is. It, we'll see, won't we? But yeah. I think it'll be... It won't be like the... Uh, the Saints steamrolling the Panthers last game of the season. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and actually, they've, look, Cook is exceptional, but they've managed to get a fairly decent ground game going irrespective of, of having Cook or not. And yeah, Thielen, I think, is, is critical. If, if they can establish him and he's, and he's again, up for it and fit, I, yeah, I think they are going to land a few punches and I think they're going to surprise people in terms of how close it could be. And in the end, the Saints might run away with it, but I don't think it's going to be an absolute cakewalk for them. Which way are you going with it? Saints. I think they're going to win it all this year. You think the Saints are going to win it all? Yeah. Why, why do you think they are, why are they your favourite? I just think Drew Brees is on spectacular form. Yeah. We've got Alvin Kamara, we've got Michael Thomas, they're just loaded. They've got enough receivers. Maybe not, but they've got enough. Like Sean Payton's been there before. They've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder because of what happened to them in the, you know. How important is that? Not the chip on your shoulder, that too actually, I want to, it's a very fair point, but how important is the, 
is the experience of, because we hear that a lot. I mean, people are comparing back to the Patriots Titans. Look at the collective playoff experience of the Patriots versus players versus the Titans and players and coaches experience versus the Titans. I guess coaching definitely. But how important is it? Like, wh- why does that matter so much? It's not maybe the experience of certain coaches, like the wily coaches. Mm. So players, like coaches like Belichick, like Pete Carroll is another one. Yes. And Sean Payton. They're sort of a, something got a bit of a nasty edge to, they don't mind doing things that, but like gamesmanship and I just think the that, confidence in them. Yeah, being... I just think they're the sort of coach you feel you can get behind they won't they don't feel scared is it I can't explain like, it it's is like, it like in, je ne sais quoi they've got is it like in European football when you're going up against a, you know a Ramos or you know someone that's just been around the block and is going to wheel and deal dirty tricks and you just feel confident that they are going to be rock solid stable yeah and, and use the tricks of the trade yeah I think they just know they've been there before they know what to do and I think those sort of uh, I just I just think this is going to be the Saints yeah yeah I, I can't argue with that. They're my, they're my pick for the, for the Super Bowl, uh, from the NFC anyway. I'm not saying winning the whole thing, but I think, I think they will get there. They've got to get past the Vikings. I think they do. I think they do, but I do think it's going to be closer. I think, you know, if we're talking about the type of game it's going to be, expect a lot of points. In this. this will be the best game, I think, yeah. of the, the, or, uh, offensively the most exciting game. I'm happy it'll about be, that. it'll be like 30, 20, 35, 24 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Okay, I'm going to write down, we've got these not recorded your scores and see how close you are. We're doing that game. I'm doing that game for radio. Oh, I should give you the sure. Houston Buffalo one then. Okay, what's, yeah, what score is what that going to be? Score 30, 20. 30 to 20. No, 30, 17. 30 to 17 to the Texans. Yeah. All right, okay. We're going to see how close these are. Mike Carson's been going up against AccuScore, the computer in the States, and has beaten AccuScore. Two robots against each other. <laughs> He's very happy about beating AccuScore in week 17. Uh, all not, right. I bet Mike Carson is AccuScore. Oh, I bet he finds idea. out that AccuScore is his long lost brother. <laughs> like twins with DeVito and George. <laughs> oh boy. Final game of the weekend is an intriguing one because it is injury central. The, the Eagles in particular, although the Seahawks uh, are banged up, as you were saying before we came into the studio, the Eagles, I mean, remarkable how many injuries they've had at this crucial stage of the season and they still managed to get the job done. I mean, the last couple of weeks, they've performed phenomenally well in spite of adversity and a lot of credit has to go, obviously, to the coaching staff and Doug Peterson in particular. And, the, sched- and the schedule. And the schedule. <laughs> And the schedule as well, which, uh, yeah, and being in the NFC East helped, helped a hell of a lot. But they still, you know, they they had two big games they need to get done, and, and they did. Uh, and Carson Wentz as well, who it seems to be emerging from a kind of indifferent season, getting that reputation back, that status back, that before he got injured uh, a few years back, he was on course for MVP. He was the real deal. He is the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. And, and that all changed, of course, with the injury. And they went on to win it with Foles. And uh, he came back and, oh, he's not the same player. And I'm worried about, is he ever going to be the same player? Wentz seems to be the biggest winner of all. Win or lose against the Seahawks, his status is, has been regained, hasn't it? Yeah, sort of. I'm not completely sure. Not convinced. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was getting good. done with, a, with you know, a second, third, fourth stringers. Yeah, against... Not great opposition. Okay, fair point. I don't think, I think their schedule, it was it Giants last week, I know they played some... Cowboys the week before. Yeah, I just think, uh, not convinced by those sides, and I mean, the Giants are 
four and twelve, five and eleven team. I can't remember. Three and th- a, a bad losing team. Yeah. I've seen them play quite a lot. They're not great. Vince, I think he's good. I'm not. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I mean, the big breakthrough last week was after Mar Saunders went out mm. with Boston Scott. Boston Scott, yeah. He was a sixth round pick from the Saints, and he was electric. Yeah. I mean, it was halfway through the or a quarter into the game. Everyone else was knackered, and it is week seventeen. But he looked brilliant. I mean, if you've got, if he is that electric, then they have a chance of scoring. 14 points. <laughs> just, just Boston Scott scoring. Well, I think the Seahawks are, uh, obviously they lost their, um, Penny, they lost, what's his name? Carson. Pa- Carson Penny, um, Procise as well, so yeah. all of them out. So, so Marshawn Lynch is there, and, um, they've got that rookie Homer, who looked, yeah. who looked actually, looked Travis like Homer. he was better than Lynch, I yeah. thought. Yeah, well, he got more carries, he was averaging a lot more per, you know, yards per carry. So, yeah, the, and, and look, we hear a lot about, Running backs are devalued because there is so much strength in depth and the way the game is these days, you can slot players in. And then you see it as E. Kelly or a Saquon Barkley or a Dalvin Cook and you think, okay, maybe we got that role McCaffrey. Maybe we're not so sure about. And then you see a situation like this where you're down to a player that, uh, nobody's heard of a week before stepping in and, and gaining similar productivity, not just the running back core that, uh, banged up for the Seahawks though. Dwayne Brown. On the line, injured. Uh, Quandre Diggs, you'll be delighted to hear, uh, inactive. Uh, so no, uh, was inactive for the last couple of games and there's no guarantee this year. are saying that he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, Genevion Clowney as well didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, but Pete Carroll has said he will probably play, but they've got injury issues themselves. So not straightforward for, for them either. And particularly when you look at this team, which is, if not predicated on the run, that it is one of the, teams in the NFL that weights more significance on it definitely in terms of number of carries and carries to pass ratio it is going to change things up a little bit whether they that is a significant differential or not remains to be seen and I guess how well Homer and Marshall Lynch can can carry the load but if they're not getting anything going on the ground then it's going to force their hand to do and apply an offense they don't typically like to do yeah, I mean, you, you could say they've got great receivers. I mean, DK Metcalf yep. and Lockett are, are good, good receivers. Yeah. But it's, I mean, for me, I think it's going to be close. I think the Seahawks would go out if they're playing any other team. They're lucky to get mm. the Eagles here. And if this was at the Seahawks, I think they'd win it. It'd be clear, wouldn't it? I mean, this is another question for, for me is, is it fair that the Eagles limping in at nine and seven yeah. are hosting get a home advantage against the Seahawks? So I definitely think the road that factor has that does have to is be a factor at. in this. Having said that, right? So the Seattle lose to San Francisco, so they drop down and then get this road trip. As opposed to if they'd been the number three seed by winning the game, so then they could have got home field advantage. They but they could have got the number three spot, so they're going to go home field in the wild card and facing the Vikings. Is it Vikings at home or Eagles on the road? Based on what you said earlier on about the Vikings, it's probably an easier matchup, right? Yeah, I think it's the best matchup. I think uh, Seahawks will do it. I just think there's the Eagles have got t- too many injuries, just too many injuries. I think it will be a lower quality, this will be the, the lowest quality game possibly 
of all the wild cards. I think there's two, they're just two banged up sides. Mm. And it's frustrating, really. No one wants to, no one wants to see a, a shadow of your team playing in the playoffs. It's a question whether you, do you have another week's break before the wild card? Mm. That's what I would possibly suggest as a chance to get more recovery in. So you've got sides that have, have you know, just an extra chance. You've, you've got squads playing in the wild card that are more like the regular season squads. We mentioned uh, before about the Bills' fairly easy schedule. Another really interesting point in the Bill Barnwell ESPN piece about all the playoff, the wildcard teams, all the playoff teams will stop actually, is the strength of schedule for the Seahawks, particularly against defense they've played, has been one of the hardest in the NFL. So the performance of Russell Wilson is Barnwell's point and the offense collectively against... Uh, let's see, what did he say? They played the third-ranked Steelers, fourth-ranked Ravens, second-ranked 49ers twice, the fifth-place Bucks, uh, the seventh-place Vikings. Uh, I mean, they've had an incredibly difficult schedule in that respect, and Wilson's posted a passer rating of 102.6 in those games, 14 touchdowns and three picks. So he is obviously an X-factor, and I think it's going to have enough in, in this game to, to get it done. How far can the Seahawks go in the playoffs, do you think? This is as far as they go. Irrespective of what I've just said. Yeah, I up think, against I defense, defense so they get it done. But Wilson got sacked, according to my stats, in the second half of the season, he got sacked 29 times, which is one of the most quarterbacks got sacked. Um, so I think that really sort of hurt. Uh, and you did, he was a MVP contender in the early part of the season, and he got shut down a bit more towards the end. I think he's brilliant. He's elusive. He's possibly one of the most elusive quarterbacks. Mm. Um, I think, uh, uh, the uh, Eagles defensive line is quite good, so that could pose a problem to see how uh, how effective this running game is against that line. Yeah. And, and does, does it give – does Russell Wilson have the time to find Lockett and find Metcalf? Yeah. I think that'd be re- that's a really fascinating battle. But to your me. point, because he can improvise because he can keep things alive. Yeah. You know, some quarterbacks, Watson is another, Aaron Rodgers is another, that, that if – they're under pressure. They can buy that extra little bit of time. And so I wonder if that negates, if the Wilson factor negates that, that the pressure he's going to be under. But with that injury to Brown as well, the line, that is going to be fascinating to unfold. But you think the Seahawks win this and then they're out next round? Yeah. So who would they play if they won? They're the, are they the, what seed wildcard are they? The fourth? So, so no, Seattle are the fifth seed. Fifth. So it would depend on who. Depends on what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Score prediction. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. 17-10. So that was in my head. Seahawks. That's strange. It was in my head you were going to go 17-10. You did. Seahawks. Are you going to go for the same then? I'm going to, I'm going to take the same, the same Why don't go for 18-10? <laughs> okay, I'll take 18 I'll take 18-10. You don't see many 18 You don't do see you? many. You're suggesting there'll be a safety, I guess, if it's 18-10. Yeah, or two point. I think it'll be... Two, two touchdowns point. with two two-point conversions well, and a safety. Go for a two-point conversion in that just to get 18. Just to get, just to prove my scoreline prediction. In right. that book, yeah. have you seen that score book? Which score book? You know, they talk about the, the, whether to go for a two-point conversion. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they say they consult the, so yes. someone's worked it out. Worked it all out. Yeah. Who is, who is the person that's worked? Is it a machine? Is it Mike Carlson's, um, brother? <laughs> AccuScore. Is it AccuScore? AccuScore? What is the book? I imagine it's a little book they get out and it's, they What's, come out, look someone the, comes out of the blue. Statistical probabilities of whether it's right to go for both fourth down conversions or, or two point conversions in a certain situation. Yeah. So they must have all the times, all the yep. uh, scores. Situations that, so where you what are. What quarter it is. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. 
Who does that? Can I you find think it's out who happening does that? Too, we, will, we will find out. I, I, Don't just say that. Like, is you going <laughs> to do find it? Out. I'm interested. I'm interested. But when now. are you going to find out? I will, I will prove I'll find out because next time you're on the show, I will have an answer for you for that question. And what if I'm not back though? What if, well, go, if have you just say, listen, if we've known each other 20 years. He was asking too many questions about the book and we don't want that. We just want him to say a bit about it and not talk too much and don't say anything rude. Just stop him from saying anything rude and stupid. What I will do is check the statistical possibility or probability of you coming back on the show which it's looks, going down it looks quick to down weirdly it's just a downward trajectory the same probability like the as someone going for two point conversion in the first quarter <laughs> first first score of the game we'll go for two I, I think it's happening I think aggressive calls are happening too much though I, I think they're happening too much what do you mean by aggressive calls going for it on fourth down when you should take the field goal take the points um punt the ball back for possession. I think too many coaches are gung-ho and going for it too aggressive. Well, that, that is my... Other, I think the, the aggressive play calling has been because of the... Is there a decline in kicking? In kicking quality? It seems to be that there's some... The Extra kickers, point, yes, definitely, because of the, the rule change that pushed it back. Has field goals gone down? I haven't looked. I don't know. Again, interesting to, to work right, out. Right, here's what I want. <laughs> got I want the book. I'll write this down. Okay. I want the book of the book. two points. The actual book or just two? Yeah, I want to see if it is a book. Okay. How big is the okay. book? Yep. Is it a hardback book? What's okay. in it? I want to know the field goal percentage. Has that gone down? Has it gone uh, down? And when I was watching the highlights of the 49ers last last week, yes, there was a brilliant stat I've not seen before. Mm. Someone kicked a field goal, I think it was 47 yards or something, mm. and it came up on the screen. It came up a trajectory. Mm. And it came up the distance it would have been good from. Oh, I see. Yes, right. That's a new thing. I've not seen it before. Really, really smart stuff. Yeah, that's only come in this season, I think. Yeah. So it's only on some games. So, so was it some? I don't know what what Box channels. Yeah, okay. okay. yeah. One, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. So what was that kick? What well, I, I didn't see that. It was I just. I was anyway. basically just uh, uh, preparing before the game and re- reminding myself. Well, of course. Of I think it was the Seahawks forty nine ers highlights I was watching. What? Was, how long would the kick have been though? Do you remember what it would? It was fifty five. It would have been yeah, good. Okay. I think it was a forty seven. You can look it up on the um, uh, YouTube, video. Or yeah. YouTube video. Yeah. But that should always be there. I love it. Innovation. There. So I've got a list of all those things I'm going to get ready for you next time you're on. No, not next time I'm on. Oh, okay. I think just you're going to say in, in the next podcast. Next oh, okay. Friday the next, podcast. Or, or the, or we have a podcast on Monday. We can drop it then. Is so that like, too soon? It's still, it's still the Christmas gives me, holidays. Gives me a bit of time. I've got to prepare for the game on Sunday, but I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll see what that would see if we can get Things the gang you can to make, work you it You can out. do a joke about it, but then everyone, I'm losing faith in you. <laughs> listeners are losing <laughs> faith in you. People will think, oh, right. Right. He, he said he's going to find It's like a dad who says, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to turn up and take you to my, 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 my dad, my parents are divorced and my dad's going to come and take me to the swimming pool, but he's always an hour late and then he's, he's two hours late. Yeah. We never go swimming. We never go to the theme park. We will just get stuck in the back of his car while he goes out. Are you drawing personal memories? No, my parents are still I always make this scenario. Such a great actor. I love it. You're just so creative. Um, Marek, it's always a pleasure. Just get that book. (laughs) We will see you very soon, I hope, on the show. See me as soon as there's a two-point conversion (laughs) first quarter. (laughs) Marek Law, where can listeners follow you on social media? Find out your stuff. At Marek Larwood. Got my own YouTube channel. You do? Making weird videos and really likes. Your new TV show, when's that out? It's on January the 16th on ITV2. Nice. Celebrability. Yeah. A show aimed probably at 18 to 24 year olds. Great, that's our target demo, so that's perfect. 
I am the oldest person in it by <laughs> 25 to 26 years. <laughs> oldest fuck the best. It's good to see you, man. Take care. Podcast Network.